You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, ho, ho, the wait is over to the Foxborough faithful and all of our Patriots pals out there. Camp week is here. Training camp 2023 is at the doorstep, and we would like to welcome you to the latest episode of Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by WEEI, Odyssey and 2400 Sports. And Andy Hart and I are so excited because we're welcoming you to Patriots camp 2023 with a guy that is a gold standard kid's for how you get it done. He's an Ivy Leaguer. He played in the league for seven years. He loves good food. He knows how to crush a tailgate. He's a craft beer enthusiast. He knows how to put away the vitamin Cs. He's on every network possible. He does football broadcasts and has his own podcast network with his name attached to it. And he joins us today as an Odyssey football insider. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go Pat's Camp 2023 with the one and only Ross Tucker. What's up, Ross? <laughs> Fellas, that's quite the intro. I just thought about this. The last time I was at Patriots training camp, I was supposed to be the second string center for the two-minute drill. And instead, they put in either Russ Hochstein or Gene Murkowski. Yep. And I was I like, oh, boy, that's not good. <laughs> and... um we have a we break it down as the O line, and Dante Scarnecchia says, uh, "Tuck, I need to talk to you." I'm like, "What is going on?" Like, I I, I didn't I didn't think I had a bad practice. So I'm like, but I wanted to talk to him because I'm like, why did I why did I not get my chance with the, the two minute drill as a second string center? He's like, um, uh, evidently, we trade you to Cleveland during practice. <laughs> <laughs> And I had already been cut three times in my career. So I was like, traded? I was like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> and and Skarnecchia said, I don't know, probably a bag of balls. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I go in to the facility. And uh, they tell me to shower or whatever. And then I'm going to. Get on. I'm going to talk to Belichick and Pioli, and then I'm going to get on the phone with the Browns. And because, um, you know, that was when the Charles Bentley tore his knee up and Bob Howen like retired. So I was thrilled. I was like, I'm going to start there. Like, this is amazing. I was actually like, think about that now, right? Like, going from the best team to the worst team, literally the best team in the NFL, mm-hmm. the Patriots in that era, and the worst team, the Browns. Most people would be like, oh, that's horrible. No, no, no. I was on the bubble in New England, I, and I was going to go to a place start. Like I was thrilled to be traded from the best team to the worst team, which <laughs> makes no sense to people, right? So I go in the cold tub because I'm like, I might have to practice. I want to make a good first impression the next day in Cleveland, right? So I'm in the cold tub, and uh, Brady's sitting there. He's in the cold tub. Larry Izzo goes, 
what are you gonna piss in the cold tub before you leave? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no. And everybody's like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I, I just got traded to Cleveland. <laughs> and Brady's reading like the Boston Globe or something. I'll never forget Brady was like, Brady hears me say that and he, and he like looks up like, oh man. And then looks back down. <laughs> Brady All you got was an all like, man. That's Brady, it. Brady looks up at me like that sucks, and then looks back down like he's reading like the economic section or like the entertainment <laughs> section. The only person I've ever seen that didn't read only the sports section, um, Brady and the cold tub of New England. So anyway, that's my last um, Patriots training camp uh, memory. You guys are still going with the six rings, right? It's been it's been three years. How long are you guys gonna? Hang on to that. Well, some How people. How long is that going to be like what you guys uh, talk about? Unfortunately, it seems like quite a while now because since we're talking about Belichick being on the hot seat, do they have a franchise quarterback? Oh, wait, wait, Andy, are you really? Are, are people really talking about that? Oh, that's been a oh, big 100%. deal. Yeah. Recently, yeah. Tom Curran went on uh, the Dan Patrick show and he kind of ignited the talk that's been simmering. It's been simmering like. You know, what are we doing here? He's 71. He's like the oldest coach ever. He's the greatest coach ever. But last year, he made maybe the worst decision ever when he made Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. Yeah, there is there is uh, some simmering here going on. So do you? what do you think? Bill Belichick on the hot seat. Would Robert Kraft walk away from Bill Belichick? Well, so here's my question for you guys first before I dive into that. All right. What do the fans say? What, like... If that's a brought up on talk shows, yeah, is it no way we will never feel like like give me like the breakdown? And the reason why I'm asking you that is because I think that matters to Mr. Kraft. Like okay. I, I think how the people feel it would be a big factor in the decision. So the in Bill we trust, remember that phrase in Bill we trust forever. Like you let Adam Vinatieri go, you do this, you trade Logan Mankins in Bill we trust and Bill we trust because. It may look kind of crappy in March and April, but by December, you're usually looking pretty good. And you're yeah. like, okay, we're back in playoffs. Well, the in Bill We Trust crowd is growing smaller and smaller by the year. And I do it, it's a minority now. I think really. Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. No, have, no joke. No joke. I don't, I don't the number you always get in trouble when you throw out percentages, and there may be 25%. Let's just use easy numbers. 25% in Bill We Trust, 25% old man's lost it game has passed him by and then you have that 50 percent in the middle that i think is kind of dangling in the breeze wondering which way we gonna go and you can still get my vote so it's yeah. so funny too because they totally butchered it by letting tom leave yes and by they totally butchered yes. it by letting tom leave by disrespecting him when he asked for the contract uh bump Yep. And they gave him like five million in incentives. Tops. Like after all the discounts he had taken, it was just so insulting. I can't believe he handled it as classy as he did. I would have gone scorched mother. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would have yep. gone yeah. Uh, yeah, that. You yeah, would have gone I mean, for, yeah, like, like Brady's Moab. way classier than I could ever be. I've taken a pay, I've taken less than all these other guys for all these years. I want like something reasonable and you give me 5 million in incentives. How about five Super Bowl rings? You, I'm at, like, that's twice now. I almost like, okay, let it go. Show I shouldn't let say. It go. 
I, I know. Good. But here's the thing. Here's what happened. That enabled that that set things in motion for Brady to leave. Mm-hmm. Brady leaving and winning a Super Bowl elsewhere stoked the conversation about how much of the success was Brady versus Belichick. Now, that still would have happened when Brady retired. But by the way, he played three more years, so it wouldn't have started until now. And even at that point, you wouldn't have evidence of him going somewhere else and and winning the whole thing. So Belichick, really, I'll tell you, I'll give you guys another insight, right? I tell people this all the time. I do a lot of public speaking, and they're always like, you know, like to companies or organizations, they're always like, tell me about Belichick <laughs> and how he, his leadership and how he runs an organization. They're like so fascinating. I'm like, um, okay, well, 8 a.m. every day. He shows the five worst plays from the practice of the game the day before. Your entire motivation from his standpoint is negative reinforcement to not be on that video. And here's where I think Belichick really miscalculated. I think he thought that that was the Patriot way and that that was the biggest reason for the team's success. He's a brilliant schematic coach. That's, that, let's separate that. But from the culture standpoint, I think he thought it was his negative reinforcement low light video thing. What I found and what was even the case for me in OTAs is like Brady, when I was at center, right? This is OTAs like March. Don't even have, I mean, May, you don't even have shoulder pads on, right? If I was at center and Brady was a quarterback, he would look at me and be like, all right, Ross, you and me. Great snap first, right? Now, keep in mind, guys, I'm 26, 27. I've played in 40. I've started 25 games for Buffalo and Dallas. I played in 45. When he looked at me like that, with how intense he is, I never wanted to snap the ball so well in my whole life, right? <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to let him down. He gets there so early. He's so hard on himself. It's very clear how much he cares, how much, how passionate he is. My belief is that the biggest driver for success, specifically on offense, but really the whole team, is that you didn't want to let Brady down because you knew how invested he was. I think that is a much, in life, think about all of us. I think it's a much bigger motivator to not want to let down someone you like and respect, and you will never find a single person, I believe, to say a negative word about Brady, which is just unbelievable, like hundreds and hundreds of guys, right? You're, it's a much better form of motivation to not want to let down someone you like and respect than it is fear from being made fun of on a low-light video, negative reinforcement. I mean, Belichick basically just put him on the table a couple of years ago when he lets Tom Brady go and decides to move on and wants to prove that he can do it his way as well. And to Andy's point, you know, there is a portion of the fan base that's going to ride or die with Belichick. They're the hoodie believers and in Bill we trust. And then there's a lot of them that were initially frustrated and disappointed after Brady left. And then last year with the, as I like to call it, the reverse engineered Matt Patricia offense, which was more offensive than it was an offense. Now, there's a lot of doubt out there, and I do believe that some people 
believe that this may be his last kick at the can. We even had a poll on our website, Ross, that said a lot of fans would like to see him traded for multiple first round draft picks the same way he came in for multiple first round draft picks in the year 2000. So first of all, he's going to coach till he breaks the record. Right. Yep. There's like, so if the Patriots get rid of him, he's going to go somewhere else. As much as he hates the media, that's how much he loves NFL films and like the history of the game. He's going to break that record. Here's the problem. And I think Kraft, this is just my opinion, right? What do I know? You guys are there every day. I think Kraft wants him to break the record with the Patriots. But it's 19 games, right? So yeah. is it gonna is he gonna wait three years? That could be three years. And um it feels highly likely, guys, that they're gonna be in last in the division this year. I mean it would actually be an impressive coaching job if they're not. And I did rankings for the 33rd team. I still had Belichick as the second best coach in the NFL because he was the best schematic coach I had. And I had Parcells and Joe Gibbs and Schottenheimer and a bunch of really good ones. I think more than anything else, Belichick, the GM, has screwed Belichick, the coach. Now, the Patricia decision and Whatever he was doing at quarterback, that's a little bit different. But you look at them, and it's like, man, compared to the Jets roster, compared to the Dolphins, I mean, the Dolphins are loaded. I didn't really, until you look at it, the Dolphins are loaded. Um, and obviously, the Bills have been really good. And they clearly have, I think, the, the the worst quarterback in the division. I think they're in a bad spot. And I I think the end of this season will be the telltale they feel like they'll win seven or eight games. Maybe you get some nine. But the in December in Foxborough, are there going to be people at the stadium that are angry or disappointed? Or are they going to not show up? Uh, I think Kraft would be okay if it's anger and frustration. Apathy I think Kraft would feel like he needs to do something. So leaping off that, because I think we all can understand that the NFL is a quarterback league and a lot of times excitement, even late in the year, you know, you can be four and 12, but if you feel like you got a young franchise quarterback, that's making plays, running around building for the following year, people get excited. And therefore Mac Jones, year three, third offensive coordinator in three years, Bill O'Brien is the savior. That's the expectation in Patriot nation that you bring in Bill O'Brien and he is going to fix Mac, and he's the reason you're going to be good again. Do you believe in the Bill O'Brien-Mac Jones combo being able to do that this year? I think they'll be better than last year. That doesn't take much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got to be hard not to. Yeah. Um, You'd probably do better than Matt Patricia did. Yeah, And I yet still they were on the verge uh, of the playoffs, though. What What's that? I'm sorry. Just like that, It's amazing that they were as dysfunctional as they were, Ross, but they were like three or four games you could point to a moment where – the stupid lateral in Vegas, the fumble by Ramondre against Cincinnati. They were like but on by the, the way, But by the way, like, that's what stunned me about last year. They did some really unpatriot-like things. Yeah. Like, they did things that I was thinking that never would have happened when I was there. Like, what's happened that, like, blocked kicks – 
and kicks return for touchdown. Like, that's a common thing now. What's happened that Jacoby Myers thought that that was a good idea? Like, I, I'm I'm blown away by um, such uncharacteristic Patriot behavior. Like, they were objectively not a well-coached team last year. Like, they nope. didn't come across as being a well-coached team. Wasn't so close. it's kind of wild, that, to your point, that they were kind of close when they don't have a great roster and they weren't a well-coached team, and yet they were still right there in the mix. Yeah, some of it was the competition. They lucked out where they played a lot of bad, young, third-string quarterbacks, and they had a, a relatively good defense that kind of feasted in those opportunities. But they I've called them pretenders the last two years. I actually think the, the poor coaching – to your point, has been the last two years. I think the the worst two years of coaching that I've seen in New England, and I've seen them all, I've been here from day one, were the last two years. And I think that's played into the Belichick hot seat. Like, whether it's him or not, it might be Cam Accord is overmatched as the special teams coordinator, but you hired Cam Accord as your special teams coordinator. So, you know, you're on top of the organizational depth chart, Bill, and that's why it goes into it. But I think that's why so much pressure falls on on O'Brien and Mac Jones because now the expectations you guys fix it you guys clean it up Mac you're a franchise quarterback you got Kirk Herbstreet thousand percent behind Mac Jones one thousand percent you can't be any more behind him although I don't know if Patriots fans are as behind him as Kirk Herbstreet is yeah I mean I look I I think um I think Mac will play fine um, <laughs> fine Man. I think you're kind of in a weird Man. spot. I think you're yeah. kind of in a weird spot. I don't think he's a top 10. I don't think he'll ever be a top 10 quarterback. I don't even know if he'll be in the top half of the league. I think you'll be like in like, you're going to get into that zone. Even if he plays well, I feel like you're in that zone where it's like, okay, we can be competitive with this guy. He's the 17th best quarterback in the NFL. We can win games. We can maybe even win a playoff game. But have you guys seen Patrick Mahomes play football? Have you seen Josh yeah. Allen play football? Have you seen yeah. even Joe Burrow? Like, yeah. AFC's rough, bro. So maybe Belichick can find a way to get over to the NFC somehow. <laughs> and it, it he might be his wish after this season. It very well might. I mean, and, and I know we got to uh, let you jump in a second, Ross, and this has been awesome. We could go down this uh, hole much, much longer and have more fun with this. But – uh you know, not only is it just like Mahomes and I've been watching quarterback series on Netflix and my respect and admiration for him and just quarterbacks in general is through the roof at this point. And Allen and don't sleep on Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville, I think, is going to be a sneaky, excellent team this year as well. Lamar could be healthy. He's got a wide receiver. I mean, the AFC is Herbert's a stud. Sir, yeah. Herbert's and now he's got a real offensive coordinator. He's got that boob as a head coach, but he's got that a good offensive coordinator now. And they just drafted high with a weapon. Eckler's pissed. Uh it's going to be difficult, and the AFC East is loaded as well. But from your perspective, I just wanted to get your take on this. Uh, Patriots drafted big on defense with Keon White. Christian Gonzalez fell to them. Marte Mapu. We think the defense will be even better. But what do you think between Adrian Clem on offensive line, Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones on a redemption tour, what will be the thing that looks most improved or most different this season on the field for the Pats? Yeah, I would say I would say it's Mac Jones. I mean, I, I, I'm I, I'm glad they added those guys they did on defense. I know people that love Marty Mapu, like love that guy. Um, I thought their defense was already pretty good last year, right? So 
it's interesting that they went so defense heavy um, in the first three rounds like that. So I think their defense will be good. I, I do think it'll be Mac Jones. You know, there's really two ways it can go, right? Where it's like Mac Jones reestablishes himself as the franchise quarterback for the Patriots moving forward, or people start calling for Zappy. I think it'll be the former, not the latter. I, I think Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones will work together, and I think that he will reestablish himself as the guy in New England. Maybe they'll even give him a contract extension, and um, the commitment to mediocrity will be on. Oh, oh, oh that cuts oh. deep. The commitment oh. to mediocrity. Well, I mean, we were joking before the podcast. Ross Ross dinged us with what could easily be the new title of Six Rings in Football Things. He goes, all right, Patriots suck. Let's talk about it. I mean, <laughs> th- th- I mean, we're in a hole, Ross. It's v- and when we Patriots you know, don't suck. I know. I was mediocrity. Just kidding. I loved it. I loved, I, I, I loved was just it. kidding, but <laughs> it's just funny to me that the podcast is called Six Rings. Yeah, the shows not- that I mean. It's been a while now. It's been like the Raiders. Years. Like that's a Remember long the, time. How long and the Raiders been? Because be like, that's any Patriot fan you talk to about Belichick or about the team. Like that's what they still hold on to, and that's 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 great. They should. I just think like, at what point do they stop talking about that? Is it ten uh, years? Is it seven? Like at what point is it like, dude? Like. Like we we got cell phones now. Like like you know, it's like let's move on. <laughs> I mean, put it this way: we all work for Odyssey in one capacity or another. Our parent company felt pretty comfortable naming this Six Rings, not thinking they'd have to do artwork for Seven Rings anytime soon. Yeah, <laughs> safe logo. Uh, he is an Odyssey NFL insider. He is the man behind the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. You can hear him on football broadcasts on the radio, WIP in Philadelphia. He's a Pennsylvania native. He's awesome. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to catch up with him again soon. And maybe, just maybe, we'll actually get to have a beer with you if you make your way up to Fox's Borough or to one of the local breweries. Weymouth. I'll meet you in Weymouth. Ian uh, Weymouth. Yeah. See you on the South Shore, kid. Ross Tucker, thank you very much. At Ross Thanks, Tucker guys. NFL. Pleasure having you on Six Rings. It's likely still to be called Six Rings at Football Things for a while, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great season, pal. How come we can't get more guests like that? Well, because most people are too buttoned up to just, you know, live right. life and mix on in with the Six Rings boys who like to be a little looser. We got T-shirts on. We right don't... By the way. I'm not... <laughs> Is that, are you selling that now? And can I put it on my site as well? Sure, sure. I'm not, Andy's wearing a t-shirt. I'm wearing one for vitamin C, the brewery that's kind enough to send us beers where I'm having my beer release party. And of course, Ross is a big fan. Andy has a t-shirt on that should be his tattoo skin. It says, I'm not for everyone. Yep. (laughs) It says a story. And uh, uh, Ross Tucker may not be for everyone based on uh, the commitment to mediocrity that he concluded with. (laughs) I mean, I I don't think he minded that I I let loose what we were talking about before the show as well. I mean, he was very kind to join us for the time he did. But it's that mix of conversation, candor, and experience that he has that makes him relatable, that makes him so successful right now. Like, he's a a self-made man as well. Like, seven years in the league but he turned his relationships, his experience, and his intellect into a brand, kind of like the way guys like Pat McAfee have. Um, Obviously, a different cat altogether with uh, a different energy and style, but I appreciate the fact that it's not just, and that's why I say, like, how come we can't get more guys like that on Six Rings and Beyond? It doesn't sound football-y. He's not like, oh, you know, a football guy. Well, guys, when you break it, like, he just sounds like a real person who loves all the same things that we built our lives around. 
because he is. And it's the same reason why you see, you know, these networks struggle to rotate through pregame show, postgame show people, because it's not easy to be objective, personable, analytical, like kind of blend it all together in a, into a package that works. Mm-hmm. And he does. And I want to, uh, as we break down kind of what he said and talk about it, he nailed it with his discussion of Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill literally told me in a press conference once, and I'm get, I, I've tried to go back and find it, and it was a long time ago. I'm not real big on positive reinforcement. And Ross said, use the other, the negative reinforcement, the Correct. embarrassing, the fear. And I have always thought, and the way he painted Tom Brady's role in that was interesting because I always thought one of the guys that was key was Romeo Crennel in the early years of the mm-hmm. dynasty. You're not going to find a nicer, happier, more smiling man than Romeo Crennel. And I always thought he was a key uh counterbalanced. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Between the players and Bill and adding some human side to things like smiling, enjoy life kind that Bill doesn't always bring to the table, but Ross is right. Tom Brady has always at least publicly and for the most part tried to stay positive right he's talked about it he tries to bring positivity to environments and ross is right i can tell you from first person when you talk to brady he looks like you remember barkley said he had dinner with him and he was like i don't even know what he said i just fell in love with like his gaze and i was in the the aura of tom brady it's a temperature changer yes he's got he has that magnetism and he doesn't give a rat's ass what you're talking about but he makes you feel like he gives a rat's ass what you're talking about it makes you feel like you're in the presence of someone special and for ross to say that and i've heard so many people say that you don't want to let tom down you know how hard tom works you know tom is invested and cares about you and you know tom learned your name when you when you arrived as player 67 and then now he's relying on you because you're player 37 and you're in the offensive rotation and you're in his world. There's a lot of truth to that. And I do wonder in the, the second half of the dynasty, the post Tom Brady years, and as things have evolved, who is that? What is that? How does that positivity, how does that counterbalance of the neg- the fear? Because that's one of those things they always talk about, right? Would you rather be feared or liked and respected? And he's right. Yeah. People fear Belichick. You lived in fear of your job and fear of your performance and fear of everything. But, but Andy, here's like a million different thoughts from what you just said. And I guy all the way, however many miles separate us as we record this camp preview podcast for the 2023 season, I could feel the joy coming out of you. I felt like you were seen and acknowledged when Ross was saying like, that didn't really seem like a well-coached team. Like, well, it wasn't like that. Why? Cause that wasn't. Exactly. No, that wasn't. And now you cut back to what they were and how well coached they were in the second half of the dynasty, uh, the double dynastic run, as I call it, but also back those early years. How the hell is that sort of hierarchy going to ever get any better than Belichick in his prime, Pioli dealing heat as the sort of president of operations and, and drafting like a champion. And then you've got Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell. And I know Weiss could be tough, Skarnecchia at, at, at all. And I remember you talking about Romeo Cornell being this sort of intermediary or having his sort of positive, affable energy counterbalance the negativity, the negative reinforcement of Belichick. What always sort of stuck with me was at the end of Super Bowl 39, there's this famous photograph of like Roman Pfeiffer and I think Willie McGinnis both hugging Romeo Cornell because they knew he was moving on. And he has this mile wide grin and I could feel their love for him from that. It's one of my absolute favorite Patriots photos. And so I could always just sort of like, 
glean that joy that he brought to them while still being a tough son of a bitch, probably at times when he needs to be. Uh, and Bill continues. Look, we saw it as recently as a couple weeks, uh, just over a week ago with the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Bill just like you've talked about, he gets stuck in a spot. He doesn't get succession plans because he's myopic of focus at times. He does his thing where it's like, no, the Patriot way, we value you at a number and that's what it's going to be. They obviously told DeAndre Hopkins in no uncertain terms, we could use you. We like you. We, we want you here. But they kind of like Bill just kind of Belichicked it up, it seems again. And so now we head into camp hoping that all these other guys they signed during the offseason the Gesickis, the Jujus, uh, re-sign like Devontae Parker, eh, Taekwon Thornton and his soft tissue potential are going to be able to make up for a wide receiver number one who's still top 10 in Madden game ratings falling into their lap and them deciding, eh, we don't value you as much as Tennessee. I mean, I, I still just think that was a, a whiff and that's what's probably going to keep us at six rings for a while. Oh, yeah. Ross was right. I think we're safe at six rings for the foreseeable future in this commitment to mediocrity. Uh, which is appropriate, probably, for the podcast to mirror the football team. I think we're pretty committed to mediocrity here. Uh, yeah, sometimes you never know. Sometimes we'll sneak a fastball by you. Well, sometimes we sometimes we have good stuff coming right out of the bullpen. All right, we could just we could sit in what Ross said for another hour or two. Uh, but that was great. And uh, don't forget to go back. Make sure you follow Ross at Ross Tucker NFL on the socials, the Ross Tucker podcast, and hopefully we'll get him back here again soon. Like he said, he's going to be doing a couple games on the radio for Westwood one. So if he's in the area, uh, maybe we can hang out and catch. I say we record a podcast at vitamin C live day drinking. Let's go. If he's coming up for the dolphins game, Sunday night football, he'll be in the area the Saturday night before we do a little live six rings with Ross while we're putting a few. I like where I like where your head's at kid. Your head's in a good spot before camp. Andy hat. I like where you're at. See, that's positive reinforcement. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah, the positive coaching alliance of which Bill Belichick is not a uh, active <laughs> member. He does not have a membership. Oh, God.